Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this week's message. My name's Aaron, and I'm on the staff team here at Eastlake. Everything we do around here depends on the generous donations of our local and online community. People just like you, who tune into these messages and see great benefit from living that idea that life is a gift and love is the point. So if you love what Eastlake is up to, we'd encourage you to contribute by going to eastlakecc.com. With that, let's jump into this week's message. Today, we hear from Bart Campolo as he continues our series, The Way I See It. Please check the description for links to our quarterly Spotify playlist and guided meditation. Hi, Eastlake. My name is Bart Campolo, and to tell you the truth, I've done a lot of different things in my life. But these days, I'm a licensed professional counselor and I'm also the host of a podcast called Humanize Me. And when Peter approached me about coming out to talk to you folks again about, in this case, to be a part of this series of the way I see it, I got very excited. I said, yeah, that sounds great. And, and then when he sent me the questions he wanted me to address, they, were, they seemed like such good questions, you know the values I have the most clarity about, the habits that have been most helpful to me in living well and meaningfully lately, the problems I'm most interested in solving, and the type of person I feel like the world needs most. I mean, what great prompts, right? I was so excited to come out there and give you that talk. And then a month later, he called back and he said, well, we, we, we can't meet in person, so we'd like you to record your talk on an iPhone and my heart sank. I mean, partly because I'm an extrovert and as a speaker in particular, I feed off of the energy of the people I'm talking to. The other thing, I'm not really very good at a cell phone. I don't take great pictures or videos. I don't know how to set up the backgrounds and all that stuff. Believe it or not, this is the best I could do. And you might say, why aren't you better lit? I mean, it's the middle of the day. It's, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's sort of the middle of the day but it's sort of midnight where I am because it's taken me so long. It's been such a struggle for me to actually figure out a way that I can actually make a video like this. But I'm gonna try the best I can. And I'm gonna start out with a, with a quote from Archilochus, who in commenting on the fable of the fox and the hedgehog, and then the fable of the fox and the hedgehog is really pretty simple. Fox and hedgehog are walking down the road, they get beset by wolves, the fox eludes the wolves by using all of his wily tricks and, and his sneaky speed and his cunning and, and all of that stuff. And the hedgehog just rolls up into a ball, sticks out all these hard spikes and just waits the wolves out. And they try to bite it and they get hurt and they try to bite it and they get hurt. And finally, they give up and they walk away. And Archilochus said, says, the moral of the story is this. The fox knows many things, but the wolf knows one big thing. For most of my life, I thought I was a fox. I thought I knew a lot, but the older I get, you know, and I, I mean, I thought I was a fox, not just because I was devilishly handsome, but because I, I had a variety of different experiences and expertises. I, I thought I knew a lot, but the older I get, the more I analyze the stuff I say and do, and it turns out I'm really just a hedgehog. I really only, I really only know one big thing, 
And so I'm gonna share that big thing with you. And so if you're taking notes, this would be, this is it, man. Here comes the money shot right here. Here's my big point. My big point is this, is that for most people, meaning in life is all about human relationships. Now, I don't want you to get me wrong because like, I, I don't want to make some broad sweeping generalization like the fundamentalist I used to be um, and say there's only one way for everybody to have a meaningful life. But for most people, like in the bell curve, the, the vast majority of people in the middle, for most of us, human relationships are what our lives are all about. It's, it, meaning in life is all about those relationships. And sometimes even the things that we, we, we know, it's about money, it's about power, it's about artistic expression and all that stuff. But sometimes if you get behind all of those things, you're like, what do you want the money for? What's the power about? Why are, who are you trying to express yourself to? In the end, it all, in many, many cases, boils down to it's about relationships. It's about connecting with other people. Now, don't get me wrong. I didn't say that was the meaning of life. I said meaning in life is all about that. I think I might have tipped myself up off already, but I don't really think there is any meaning to life because meaning to life would suggest that somebody was behind it all. And I'm, I'm pretty straightforwardly a person who's not convinced that there is any one or anything behind it all. I think there's just the universe and I don't think the universe much cares. But you care and I care. And that's kind of the wondrous thing about the universe is all this matter and energy swirling around, changing, transforming, metamorphosing. And at some point what emerges is life and then conscious life, sentient life. And that's the thing is that sentient beings matter, but only to each other. We, we make meaning by caring about each other and by caring for each other. So I don't think there's any, I, I think meaning is an emergent property in the universe. And so the meaning that we create, that's, that's the only meaning I have any evidence exists. And so, my one big thing is I'm all about relationships. And I study relationships and I, I try to build relationships. I try to help other people build relationships. And that brings me to the problem that I'm interested in. Because the problem I'm interested in now is the problem I've always been interested in. And that is how to make loving relationships possible for people who struggle to form them. Long before I became a counselor, back in my evangelical days when I was running around giving talks and running missionary programs, back when I was in high school, long before, when I was in junior high, I mean, from the, from the time I was aware of any kind of relationship, what I was aware of was, is that some people seem to have a really easy time connecting. They always seem to be surrounded by other people and they had deep, meaningful relationships and other people just it was a struggle. It was just a struggle. Tolstoy, in, at the beginning of Anna Karenina says, all happy families are the same, 
but each unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. And that's kind of been my experience that, that, that there's, there's a kind of person for whom relationships come easy. And, and they're all the same, whether they're smart or not so smart, whether they're tall or short, extroverted, introverted, men, women, all different nationalities, wherever you go in the world, there, there, there's a sameness about people for whom relationships come easy. But for the vast majority of people, it's really hard. I often think of that, that Beatles song, Eleanor Rigby, that has that haunting line in it. All the lonely people, where do they all come from? All the lonely people, where do they all belong? And I think because I came from a family of easy connectors and I was always surrounded by people that cared about me, I became very cognizant of the fact that not, not all the people around me, in fact, most of the people around me, that wasn't a given. I think that's what drew me into Christianity in the beginning as a teenager. I walked into a youth group full of 300 kids who were loving each other and who were reaching out and trying to make space for other kids to come in. And I thought, man, this is what I wanna be part of. I wanna be part of a community that makes space for people to connect, who, who struggle to connect without help. And, and so for me, the problem is how do you create a context in which those relationships are possible? How do you equip people with the skills that maybe they weren't born with or they weren't taught as a kid or that didn't develop at the time when they needed to develop to make those connections? How do you help broken people or people that have been hurt or whose trust has been broken to regain trust and to, 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 to regain the ability to connect with each other? That, that's been the problem for me. And I think now more than ever, I'm aware of it. Not just because COVID left a lot of people feeling isolated, but because we live in a strange time of cell phones that are supposed to connect us, but that the research demonstrates make us feel farther and farther apart, of social media that's supposed to connect us, but that ends up making us feel more and more isolated and more and more, as we compare ourselves to other less, we feel, we feel less good about ourselves. We're living in a time of an unprecedented amount of connection on, on one level and an unprecedented amount of disconnection and isolation on another, where a significant number of people can't name one person that they can count on to care about them. One person who they know would come to their aid if they were in trouble. It's funny, I mean, I think that maybe one of the signs of the time is that the most popular television show in the world right now, you know, the one that wins all the Emmys, is my favorite show, Ted Lasso. And I'm sure there are some of you that are going, oh, I love Ted Lasso. Everybody seems to love Ted Lasso these days. But really, when I ask myself, what is Ted Lasso about? It's about a guy who's really good at helping people connect. He's really good at taking a bunch of people that aren't connected to each other and at building them into a team, building them into a family, building them into a, a circle of friendship. And there's something really beautiful about that show and about that character. And people resonate with it because I think we all want 
a Ted Lasso to come into our lives and to show us how it's done and to, and to connect us and, 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 and to grease the skids and make it possible for us to feel like we belong. Hey everyone, it's Kristen. Just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for tuning in. I hope that you're finding these messages helpful for you in your everyday life. Um, that's what we're trying to do here is gather around the idea that life is a gift and love is the point and let's give ourselves ways to move forward in that in our own everyday world. Um, so I wanted to take a moment to say thank you for being a part of this community. To those of you who have participated and given financially, we wanna say thank you to you. Everything that we do here happens because people make contributions. People say, I value this place. I want it to exist for me and for other people. And so I'm going to support it. And so we just want to say how grateful we are um, that you do that. And for those of you who maybe haven't had a chance to contribute yet, um, we would ask you to consider maybe doing so. If you find this place beneficial, if you find these messages helpful for you, then um, consider joining us in that way. You could go to eastlakecc.com to make a contribution. We just always are thankful for the people who want this place to exist. So thanks again for tuning in. Let's get back to the message. And some of you, I'm in a place like Eastlake, there's a lot of connected people. There's a lot of people that are really good at this stuff. There's a lot of Ted Lassos, if you will, in that group. But you must be aware that it's a rare thing. You must be aware that people long for more of that. And so if you said to me like, what kind of people do I think the world needs right now? I think, I think the world needs more people who keep score in life, not by how much money they make or by how much power they wield or even by how much fun, how many fun experiences they have, or any places they visited, but who keep score by how many people they get to buy into love as a way of life. I mean, that, if, if you were gonna define Ted Lasso, that's the thing, like, here's a guy who keeps score by, not by how many games he wins, but by how many people he gets to buy into love as a way of life. The kind of person that's, that's so motivated to connect with people, but, but also to see people connect with each other, that he learns new skills that he tries new techniques, that he and his buddy Coach Beard are always plotting to get this one to connect with that one or to build that one up or to make that one feel more part of the team. I mean, there's an intentionality about that kind of person. That's what I think the world needs right now are people not just that are full of warmth and care, people that are intentional about developing the skills and about creating the context and about doing what it takes to make those connections possible. You say, what are you talking about? What I'm talking about is we need more people that are like, you know, I think I could connect people better if we had a dinner party, but I don't know how to cook and they got a cookbook or they turn on one of those YouTube videos and they learn to make like a casserole or they learn to make some kind of special meal just so that they could invite people over and create a context in which people would feel comfortable together because everybody knows like eating together is a way of connecting. So yeah, you, know, you say, we need people that are like, they're like, I'm gonna learn how to cook for 20 people. 
Or, or, or maybe I'm gonna learn how to clean up because I'm not that good at cooking, but I'll be the one, I'll be the one that, that, that just whisks the, 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 the stuff away and cleans them up and makes it seem like fun and doesn't make a big deal out of it so, so that people can talk together. That would be a skill. So, I think we need people that are willing to go like, you know, I know that those counselor types like Bart go to school and they literally take classes on listening better listening skills. They teach classes on asking probing questions. But people shouldn't have to go to a therapist to have somebody who asks good questions and then follows them up with other questions and makes it clear that they really want to know and listens with compassion and care. I mean, the truth, the secret truth of my business as a professional counselor is, is that if there were more good friends out there, I'd be out of business. Because most of the people that come to me aren't coming to me because they have complicated mental health needs. They're coming to me because they're isolated and alone and they just need somebody who will really listen to them. But it doesn't, like, that doesn't come naturally. You gotta learn how to do it. That would be a good question for you is, is in the last month, what have you been working on? What have you been practicing? Or what new skill have you been studying? Or where have you been taking lessons in some way to make you better at connecting with people or at helping them connect with each other? Here's one. When was the last time you went, you, you went to a, a sports game or a, play, a school play or a community theater, and, and you practiced being in the audience in such a way that you gave energy to the performers, or cheering for that kid in a way that that kid felt really cared about. I mean, I'm not talking about going for your kid, that's easy. I'm talking about going for the neighbor's kid. Going for your friend's sort of insecure 14-year-old who's running cross country, and cheering for that kid, and then meeting him after the race, and praising him, and, and you say, well, I don't feel comfortable doing that. I know you don't. I didn't either until I had to learn it until I was a youth worker and they said you have to go to kids games and I learned that there are questions that you ask after the game and there are questions that you don't ask. You say, how do you learn this stuff? I say, you watch the, you watch the other parents you watch, and some of them do it really well and some of them don't and you practice being there for people because being there is a really big part of making people feel loved. It's a really big part of connecting with them. Here's a skill. Everybody you know is gonna die. And everybody that you know is gonna have 20 people they care about die. People die all the time. I've had a few friends die this past year. And a lot of people tell me that when somebody close to them loses somebody, they don't know what to say. And they don't know what to do. And I understand that. It's hard to know what to say and what to do. But I promise you, if you don't know what to say or what to do with this one, that's okay. But somebody else in your life is gonna be grieving a year from now, and that's a year that you've got to do the studying. Because there are things you should say, and, and more importantly, there are things you shouldn't say. And there's a way of sitting with someone that really helps. And there's a way of showing up. And there's a way of offering your help without saying, if there's anything I can do, just let you know. Let me know. Because people can never let you know when they really need you. 
There's an art to helping somebody grieve. And I'm not mad at you if you don't know it, but what I'm saying is, is what have you worked on in the last few months? What are you working on to make you a better lover, to make you a better connector, to make you a better context builder? Because that's what the world needs, is it needs people who are so serious about it that they practice and that they try and that they read things and that they swap articles and they watch YouTube videos, not about cute kittens, but about comforting and expressing compassion and listening. I'm just gonna tell you a story from my own life. You know, one of the questions they ask is, you know, what, what, uh, oh, what was the question they said? It was a really cool one. Oh yeah, what habits have been most helpful? Here's a habit that's been really helpful for me. When I was in counselor school, they were talking to us about addictions and we, we learned a, a, a method of addiction treatment called motivational interviewing. And it's a way of asking questions that where you don't say, you can do it, you should kick these drugs, I know what's best for you, but where you, you tease out of somebody what, re, what they want and, and you help them to see the contrast between what they say they want and what they're doing and you just try to build up sort of tension in them and they go like, well, gosh, if I really want that, I wouldn't be doing this. It's a way of helping somebody find their way to their own motivation rather than just trying to stick yours into them. For an evangelist like me, I got former evangelist, or I guess I'm still an evangelist in some ways, it doesn't come naturally. I, I, I tend to want to motivate others with my energy. And this technique was very counterintuitive to me. Well, the thing is, I read up about it, I took the test, I did all that, but then the teacher said, listen, I need you to do a tape recording of yourself where you're motivationally interviewing someone. It can be anyone. It can be somebody from your family, and you know, it can be somebody, a friend of yours, anyone you want, and you practice these skills. Like there's a whole set of skills. And so I put it off and put it off and put it off. And finally, there was a night before the thing was due, and I had no one around. I said to my wife, listen, can you just like, I'm just, can I, can I just practice this thing on you? And she was like, sure. And so we sat down. And I start going through, I start asking her the questions and I'm listening the way, and I'm not, I'm not interjecting my own stuff and I'm not arguing with her when she says something I disagree with. I'm, I'm using all the motivational inter interviewing techniques and you could look them up on the internet. It's a really simple form of talking to people. At the end of the hour, I turned off the tape recording and I said, thanks, that, 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 that helped me. I, I, I'm sure I can turn that in. And my wife was really, I would say kind of choked up. And she said, you know, that's the most listened to by you I have felt in years. Like, whatever it is that you were doing, it really made a difference. And I got somewhere. I got somewhere I wouldn't have gotten if we hadn't had that conversation. And I mean, I had known it was a good conversation, but I think I had been so busy paying attention to what I was doing that I wasn't really seeing the impact on her. But all of a sudden I was like, this is gold. This is gold. Like this is a new tool that I can use to connect. That's, that's the kind of intentional effort I think that we're gonna need. You say, what, why do you think we're gonna need it? Like, why are we gonna need it in the future in a way that we haven't needed before? And I guess like, Look, if you don't know the answer to that question, I guess you haven't just been paying attention to all this new stuff, all this anxiety stuff, you know, the climate change, 
and the political discord and the fires and the number of people that are suicidal and they're feeling anxiety and depression and COVID and the notion that like, it is, this isn't the end. This is the beginning of an era where everybody's telling us that things are gonna get harder. And I think that as things get harder, people are gonna need, people are gonna need, they're gonna need good tribes more than they've ever needed them. They're gonna need not the human brotherhood of all mankind. They're gonna need 15 or 20 people that they go, I can count on those people. They're gonna need five people that they say, I could really talk to that person. Or I, I feel like that person really cares about me. Or I could, I, if I needed help moving, they would help me. Or if I was sick in the hospital, they would come to visit me. And you say, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got that. Joe next to me has that. Everybody in East Lake has that. I go, yeah, yeah. It's the rest of the world. And maybe there are some people in East Lake that are faking you out, by the way, too. But what I'm saying is, is as the times get harder, as the money gets tighter, as the rich get richer and a lot of the other people just get poor, people are going to need little tribes of people to care for each other, who know how to encourage each other, who know how to help each other raise children that are full of hope even when there's a lot to be afraid of. And it's not just gonna be like the warmth in your heart or, or like the magnanimity of your, of, of your spiritual, I love everybody kind of generalizations. People are gonna need people with skills and intentionality. People that create context. People that people that know how to throw a party or how to throw a funeral. People who know how to take two people that they think should be friends with each other and introduce them and facilitate the connection in such a way, build them up to each other, that they give each other a chance. People who know how to help people that are connected but that are the connection's fraying. People who know how to reconcile them to each other. How to teach each other how to forgive, how to see things from the other person's perspective, how to work through a conflict. I, I told you that I only had one thing to say. And if you've ever heard me talk before, you're going to go like, this is the same talk this guy gives every time. He tells different stories. He, he uses different inflections. But all he ever says is that we need to be more intentional about our relationships. I told you, I'm a hedgehog. I know one big thing. And I really appreciate the opportunity to share the one big thing I know with you. It's a simple truth. But I promise you that if you walk back into your workplace, walk back into your school, walk back into your community and you look around, Eleanor Rigby is everywhere waiting for somebody who is intentional enough to learn how to touch her. That's it. That's my one big thing. Thanks so much for having me be part of the series. I know I'm going to get to talk with you next week and that I really am excited about. But for now, Thank you for joining us. To make a donation, 
head to eastlakecc.com slash donate.